0: Well, hi, everyone. Would you pray with me again, please? Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to go into your word to hear Psalm 121, a Psalm that many of us can quote, but it's so important that we take this line by line and just realize that it is there for each and every one of us today, living in the day and age we're living in, living in the circumstances that. Many of us are living in a family, health, business, whatever. Father, we just need you so, and we need your guidance. Father, help us to listen to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. This is God's word. I believe it. I believe every word is true, and I believe it's all that I need. As we move into Psalm 121, it's probably one of my favorite psalms. And I think the reason why is because is there any one of us that doesn't need help? I mean, I know we need everyday help from the Lord, but have you ever come to the place? Have you ever experienced something in your life? It's just beyond the word devastation. It's just beyond the thought of, I don't think I can go on. It's like it could be a circumstance that is going to change your life. That you will never be the same because of it. Something you will have to continuously live with. A consequence that you will have to live with. I think this is the psalm that we go to in those kind of situations. Hear the psalmist say, I lift up mine eyes to the hills. You can almost picture yourself, can't you, when you're in that state. It's like you throw up your hands and your eyes go upward and you are just crying out to the Lord because that's kind of where we picture him to be, up there. I will, I make a conscientious choice to lift mine eyes to the hills. I don't know where else to go. Because bottom line is, where does my help come from? I choose to make that effort to come to you. I choose to see myself in this desperate situation. I choose to come to you, Lord, because I believe you have unlimited power. You have unlimited resources. Because it says, where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I mean, shouldn't that be obvious to us? That when we are in this place, shouldn't it be obvious that the automatic response would be to go to the Lord? Because he is the maker of heaven and earth. If he can make the heaven and the earth I would say he does have unlimited power, resources. He's very capable. He's very sufficient. But how often do we choose not to go to him? We we seek our help from other people or self-help books or... Well, you can think of something. We so often go and reach out to anything and everything. And sometimes even everyone except the one that we should go to. The one who has made heaven and earth. My help comes from the Lord. This is what the psalmist says. And he wants us to remember something, too. Not only does he have unlimited power, resources, sufficient, capable, but he also wants us to know that he will not let your foot slip. How often when we try going to anything, anyone, other than the Lord, that we still have a tendency of our foot slipping. What does that mean? It means anything of this world, as good as it is, as good as they are, they still are of this world and the foundation is not firm. He wants us to see, the psalmist wants us to see that the Lord is the only one that will give us a firm foundation, a place to stand where we cannot slip. That all of a sudden we feel sure and we feel steady and we feel that we're going to be strong. That we can feel him feeding us This strength and this confidence. I wrote down a few things that we can stand on. What we can stand in that will keep us from slipping, that will keep us sure footed. We stand in His grace, we stand in the gospel. We stand because he has promised to give us courage and strength. We stand in our faith. We might not be able to see it, but we know. We believe. Even if we can't see, we trust him. We stand in freedom. He has freed us. From our sin is freed us from our own self if we're willing to let it go. We stand in Christian unity. We stand in the Lord. We stand in the fact that God's will is perfect. We stand on the solid rock on Christ's solid rock I stand all other ground is shifty like sinking sand so again when we when our arms fly up where do we go for our help we can go to the one who promises that he'll see to it That our feet do not slip. He who watches over you, he who watches over me. And how does he watch? He watches us like a watchman, watches over a city, like a you know, like a secret service watches the president. Have you ever watched them? I mean, you watch their eyes. They're looking in all directions. He watches over you and I, even far greater than that. He watches over, and he never has to take a break. He doesn't have to take a lunch hour. He doesn't need a nap. He doesn't even need eight hours. Indeed, he who watches over Israel, but because we have been bought and paid for with the blood of Christ, we have been engrafted into the promised people. So that's why we are completely okay, is if we change the word Israel to our own name. Indeed, he who watches over you and me will neither slumber nor sleep. So, no breaks, no nighttime, he never Never leaves. His eyes are watching you and die all the time. The Lord watches over you. I mean, you think about how many times you're going to hear this in eight short verses. Do you think there's a theme? Do you think in the most difficult of times the Lord doesn't want you to know this psalm so that when you are experiencing what you probably never thought you were going to have to experience the worst of the worst and you go to him for your help because you know you need it because you're going to sink fast to know that he sees it all. He's waiting for you to come to him. He is ready to reassure you that there will not be a second that he isn't watching. And what we've learned from the other psalms, gracious and compassionate, all-knowing, there isn't one second that he isn't working in this situation that looks so hopeless to you. So he repeats, the Lord watches over you, the Lord is your shade and your right hand. why would why would he put that in there that way? The Lord is your shade at your right hand well back in the culture of Israel when the psalmist probably wrote this in the Middle East and, and maybe yet today the sun can be so brutal that it could really, really hurt a traveler and this traveler could be traveling to Jerusalem at a certain occasion. And so they would definitely understand that when you have to make your way to know that the Lord can be your shade. They they would understand that. And I think we can too. That he can be our shade at our right hand. In other words, he's promised to care for us, to be our protector, to be there. And then it says, the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. So in the heat of the day, he will protect you. In the dark of the night he'll protect you and I couldn't help but think about the visual when the Israelites were wandering through the desert, through the wilderness how God promised even though they were disobedient and they had the punishment coming to them to be able to know that God is still there loving on them, caring about them. And he says to them, I will get you to the promised land. I will feed you with manna and I will also see to it that you get to the right place, get to the right destination get to where i planned for you to to be and to go i'm sorry you have to go through all this but this is how you're going to get there remember how he gave them a pillar of cloud by day to shield them from the hot sun and he gave them a pillar of fire at night to guide them in the darkness but probably also give them heat because I'm sure it gets really cold. I read that it can get down to 40 degrees. So verses 5 and 6 do make perfect sense, don't they? He wants to give us a visual so that we can see that he is there. He is there to protect us to, to give us what we need to get us to our destination. He doesn't say that his protection and his way of getting us there is going to be easy. But he does promise that he'll walk with us every step of the way. The Lord will keep you from all harm. Now, a lot of people struggle with that, and I know I did too. The Lord will keep you from all harm. And you think, "Well, I know I know so many, maybe you yourself. No, I've been harmed. I've been in accidents. I can remember one time a friend of mine told me that her mother, as she was getting older, Her mother, she was still driving, but she knew that every time she got behind the wheel that it was a chance she was taking. But isn't that for all of us? But every day or every time she got behind the wheel of that car, she would pray, Lord, my life is in your hands. Protect me as I'm on the road gay give me a sense a quick sense of what to do at the right time lord i put it in your hands and one time one time she prayed that prayer and she went out and she was in a very serious car accident in fact she broke her neck And so you think, well, what happened? That sweet old lady prayed that prayer. But when are we going to learn that as much as what we are concerned about our exterior, the Lord has plans to make the interior of our heart and soul more mindful of him, more usable for him, When it says the Lord will keep you from all harm, I don't think he's meaning our earthly body all the time. Because when he says the Lord will keep you from all harm, that means there isn't any person, accident, surprise, circumstance. There isn't anything that can harm your soul once it's in the Father's hand when you come to the cross when you accept Jesus when he becomes your savior when the Holy Spirit lives within you when you start learning how to utilize God's spirit and letting go of self and wanting more of his character you will find that this is the part of you that will never be harmed. Because of your relationship with Jesus, you are in the Father's hand, and Jesus said, no one or nothing can snatch you from it. Isn't that reassuring? Isn't that comfortable? Isn't that just so wonderful knowing that, and we have learned through the weeks of Bible study that even if something happens to this body, remember when we studied in Luke at that passage where it says, where Jesus said, don't be afraid of the person that can kill your body. Remember how he said, hey, I'm a little concerned about that. What Jesus went on to say is I would be more concerned and I wouldn't dare say fear and awesome respect for the one who then can throw you into hell. He's saying after someone has killed your body as bad as that might seem You better be thinking more seriously about the one who can throw you into hell or place you into his presence. And that all has to do with how you're living your life here. So when he says the Lord will keep you from all harm, if you throw your hands up, if you surrender to him, If you constantly are working at growing and maturing in your knowledge and in your relationship by the study of his word and you watch yourself being more and more transformed into his likeness when you do know that all is well with your soul then you can take that verse And you can claim it because it is the truth. The Lord will see to it that nothing or no one can harm your soul. No one or nothing can snatch you from the Father's hand. There's never a second that he's there. He will watch Over your life. I think of how many times I've quoted this psalm, but never did I really stop and try to get a handle on that line He will watch over your life. You are His. You're not your own anymore, but you belong to Him, your faithful Savior and he will watch over your life not a second not one second that he isn't watching the lord will watch over your coming and your going i i would dare say that he's watching over when you were born when you came into this world You can even go before that. He watched over you in your mother's womb. So he watches over your coming as you were being created. He watches over your coming as you're entering into this world to start your earthly life. And then he watches over you every second of every day in between. Until you're going. I can't possibly believe that he isn't so tenderly watching over my life the whole way and then forsake me at the end. Of course not. In fact, just the opposite. He's watching our going. He's watching our going. He's watching our leaving this life. As he welcomes us into the next. What a beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going. Both now and forever. Forevermore. So once he started watching your coming. He will never stop watching you forevermore I'm in your question you probably noticed that I had you go to psalm 139 I like to combine this psalm with this one just as a reminder that the lord searches you and i he continuously searches you and i our heart Oh, Lord, you've searched me and you know me. Well, yeah, because Isaiah 43 says the Lord's created me. He's formed me. He's summoned me by name. I belong to him. Because of Jesus, I belong to him. But it's very very important that we never forget that Verse 2, you know when I sit. You know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in. Behind and before, you've laid your hand upon me. Doesn't that sound like one big hug and he is never going to let you go? Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. It's just beyond words that he can love me that much. He can protect me and watch over me that much. Where can I go from your spear? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Doesn't that sound just exactly like a firm foundation? I love it when it says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I, I praise you because I am fearfully and am wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Isn't that something? And the psalmist also said, sometimes the darkness will come over me. The psalmist, David knew so well That as well as he walked with the Lord, sometimes darkness just happens to come. Life can just throw darkness over you. But yet that darkness when you have the light of Jesus he can even cause your night to shine like the He can give you such a peace and a comfort and a reassurance because this I will not slumber. I won't sleep. I won't take breaks. I'll be your shade. I'll be there in the sunshine. I'll be there in the rain. I'll be there all the times. I just think it's so important in these simple psalms. What is he trying to... What simple message is he trying to say? He says when you get to that point that you feel desperate and hopeless, just remember... That you can come to the one who is capable, who has unlimited supplies, who has unlimited power, who will see to it that you will not slip. You will not be moved. You will see to it that yes, you are steadfast in a firm place you stand firm in his grace his gospel in his strength he wants you to know that there will not be one second that he isn't there for you to come to him for help but to be reminded that he's known you from the beginning And he can't can't wait to welcome you into his presence someday. And every day in between, we've got a God that's there. May we be mindful of that truth. Father in heaven, this is so precious. Because we've all been there. We've all been to a place that... We are so desperate. There is nowhere we can turn, we think. Sometimes then we fall to faults, places for help. And yet we've got a God who created the heavens and the earth, who welcomes us, who promises that we will not be harmed. Our soul, no one, nothing can touch our soul. Father, may we be reminded how well you know us. May may that be a wake-up call that nothing gets by you. But in this context, may we be so comforted. May we sense a real comfortable feeling knowing that we we are being watched by you, the one who loves us so much. Father, we just give you praise for just these simple reminders that can make such difference in our behavior. In Jesus' name, amen.